Well, if I haven't met you, my name is Sam Payne. I'm the youth pastor here at our Southwood campus, and I just want to welcome you to Grace. We're excited on this post-Thanksgiving Sunday uh, for us to be here to dive into God's Word and dive into community with each other. And so we're excited, uh, whether this is your first time hopping in with us or if you've been here for years, we're excited for you to be joining us this morning. And so there was a pretty big thing that happened last week, right? It's called Thanksgiving. Uh, For the majority of us, uh, it's probably really exciting. We get to go. Some of us go home and visit our family. Some of us, uh, we eat a lot of food because that's a thing. Uh, I even had the conversation of like, are we a turkey or ham family with my wife? And we're still trying to figure that out, right? There's always like those kind of weird nuances with the Thanksgiving holidays. But for some of us, Thanksgiving actually doesn't elicit feelings of joy. And that's just where we're at. Sometimes family conflicts are really difficult. Sometimes there's first anniversaries that happen that are really hard to deal with over the holidays. And so for some of us, Thanksgiving actually doesn't elicit very helpful and beautiful memories. Some of us it does, some of us it doesn't. But I think regardless of where we are in that, I think there is something that is approaching that is really difficult for all of us to deal with. And that is Mondays. We just had a, some of us had a great week, some of us may have had a hard week, but regardless of what end of that spectrum, Mondays are coming, which means some of us have to go back to work, some of us have to go back to school, some of us are going back to family, we're seeing some of our friends. So sometimes Mondays can be really good, but I would imagine, even based off of the reaction that we just had, Mondays aren't something we wake up. Monday morning being like, yes, today is the day, it's Monday, right? I don't think there's ever been a time in my life where I woke up thinking, man, Monday's going to be great, right? Why? Well, it's because, especially this week, if you're anything like me, there's probably a thousand different responsibilities that last week you said, oh, I'll get to it next week, right? I'll get to it next week. It's a short week this week. Let me just enjoy the short week. I'll get to it next week, right? Or that conversation you know you're going to have to have with your coworker this week, that you're like, oh, I'll punt it till next week. Oh, man, look at all these work responsibilities I have. Look at all these family dynamics. Oh, finals. The joy of finals are happening in two weeks, which means I should probably start studying this week, right? And so Mondays, often, even as I'm talking about, probably elicit some feelings of like, I just don't like this. Why? Because Mondays start a stark contrast between the freedom and independence we had over the weekend and even in the holidays to potentially just another cog in the corporate machine. It's another day that I got to go to school, I got to study, I got to do all these things so that one day, one day I can have a different type of Monday, right? It's just a different type of Monday. I remember when I was, uh, after I graduated uh, college, Before I was doing any of my youth ministry stuff, I actually uh, went and worked for an oil company. And some of you guys, if you know my story, uh, went and worked for an oil company. But for this oil company, they required every new engineer to spend a year on an oil rig. 
So it required all of us to spend a year on an oil rig, and it was basically just like, hey, before you start designing and changing things, you should probably figure out what you're actually changing them for. It's like, ah, oh, it's a fair point, but I still don't want to do that. And so thus began the craziest year of my life. Uh, and for all of us to be kind of on the same page, when I say oil rig, this is kind of what I'm talking about. This wasn't the specific one I worked on, but it was similar. Uh, and so I did oil rig stuff out in South Texas. I did some in Oklahoma. And so I worked for 14 days straight at 12-hour days, and then I would have seven days off. So I worked for 14 days, seven days off. For a year, I did this. And it's interesting, as we talk about approaching Mondays, the like, pit in my stomach I would get driving to an, the oil rig that I was working on. And even showing up, and that first day of work, it was always so funny. Obviously not in the moment, but looking back after, right? It's funny because everybody felt the exact same way I did. They didn't want to be there. They didn't want to be there. They just left all their family. They just left all their friends. And for 14 days, we're stranded in the middle of nowhere and just working. The nearest town's like 30, 45 minutes away. So even if you do want to get away, you have to spend at least two hours, which when you're working 12-hour days, you don't have that much time. Otherwise, you're going to be exhausted and get like four hours of sleep and then turn right back around and try to go another 12 hours. And so the amount of times that as we're working on the oil rig, just the grumpiness, the like, man, I don't want to be here. Everybody's just moving slow. But something changed about halfway through. Something, something changed. Hope. We're halfway done. We're almost done. We've almost made it. And it was cool. At the end of those 14 days, uh, regardless of what rig I was on, there was always that one person, there was always that one person that would be like the countdown person. We'd wake up, and he's like, hey, 12 hours left, and then we're done, 12 hours, 10 hours, eight, seven, six, and then we get down to that last hour, and it felt like literally an entire day, right? If you're ever anticipating something really fun, the last like 30 minutes to an hour of it's just like miserable, just miserable. And so we finally get you know, to that last hour, and everybody's, or uh, the last like, you know, a couple minutes, everybody's celebrating, and we go, and then we wake up, and next week we do it all over again, right? We live for those freedom independence days, right? When you wake up on Monday morning, what are you automatically looking for? Friday. Friday's the day that I can reclaim my humanity. I can make it back. I can actually be who I was meant to be, right? Because I'm not that way on a Monday, and so for us this morning, as we talk about Mondays versus Fridays, a question that I just want to put into our heads is this. What if our Mondays were as celebrated as our Friday? The joy, the excitement, the freedom, the independence. What if all that we experience on Friday, we felt on a Monday? If you're anything like me, this is really hard to comprehend right? Because of all the stress that I feel going into a Monday. And typically, you know you're stressed about a Monday when you start feeling it on Sunday afternoon. When you get home from church and you're like, man, I'm kind of irritated today. What? Oh, yeah. Monday's coming. Monday's coming. But what if our Mondays were celebrated as our Fridays? What would that look like? What would it look like going to bed Sunday night being excited for the next day? What would it look like going to bed Sunday night and realizing, man, I got a full week of school, and I'm excited for that. 
See, oftentimes we as people, we live for the really high parts and the really low or mundane or normal. They just kind of fade. They just kind of pass away. We're like, there's not a lot of benefit. Like, Sam, you're going to have to convince me that there's a benefit in Monday morning. There's a benefit of those Monday experiences. And so for us this morning, we're going to look at a passage, but really everything that we want to tie together, everything that this morning is going to entail, uh, is this phrase. Mondays matter, right? Mondays matter because every day matters to God. See, in God's economy, every day matters. For us, as humanity, we put different importances on different days, right? Mondays typically have the lower importance. It's the grind day. It's the day that nobody's happy, nobody's excited. We just got to get through it. You have the obligatory conversation with your coworker about how the weekend was. It's the day where everything catches back up. All the things you punted last week come back on your table. But Mondays matter because every day matters to God. In God's economy, everything matters. So this morning, we're going to be hopping into Luke 2. We're actually taking a break from Romans, so you can, whew, you know, if you're like, man, my head's been mind-boggling the past couple of months. Great, we're going to take a, take a break from Romans. We're actually going to be hopping into Luke 2. In uh, the passage we're going with this morning, I guarantee you've probably read it, but this is not the passage that you highlight in your Bible. This is not the passage that you're going to, you know, put it on a sticky note or a note card slap it on your mirror, and every morning when you wake up, be like, oh, yes, I need to be reminded of this. This is just a passage uh, that honestly just feels like it gets kind of looked over. Just feels like it gets kind of looked over. But I think for this morning, it's going to have vast implications for where we're at. See, Mondays matter because every day matters to God. And so we're going to see this portrayed in the life of Jesus in Luke 2. So let me get a little bit of context for it. Luke starts off with the birth narrative of Jesus. And so it's all about, you know, the shepherds coming to visit. Jesus is born in a manger. Uh, it's the Christmas story. And so we all know this. Luke starts off, birth of Jesus. Uh, the second part is Jesus in the temple. And so this is the, the moment where Jesus and his family go up for Passover, and then they leave, and then Jesus' parents realize a day later, oh no, where's Jesus? Where's, a little bit, where, where's boy Jesus? At this point, he's 12 years old. Where's Jesus at? Oh man, we lost him. He's probably back, back in town. So they make the other day trip back there, find Jesus in the temple, and Jesus', Jesus remark is, where else would I be except in my father's house? Like, ooh, just the context of trying to parent Jesus. I don't know how that works. It's bonkers. So we have Jesus in the temple, and then in Luke 3, we have the baptism of Jesus. This is the moment where uh, spirit descends, God says, this is my son whom I'm well pleased, and this is the official start of Jesus' ministry. So these are the highlights. These are the big things. But what I want us to do is there's actually two verses that we passed as we're making this jump through all these different context stuff. So Luke 2, starting in verse 40. So Luke 2, verse 40, uh, and it says this, And the child grew and became strong, filled with wisdom, and the favor of God was upon him. 
wow, let's leave. That's like the most revelatory verse ever. You probably have heard that. We probably have walked over, or like we've talked about it maybe a little bit. But that's not something that you're like, I've probably ever heard a sermon over. But then we go in the next one, Luke 2, 52, we see the same verse again. And Jesus increased in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and people. Again, mind blown. But these two verses, I think it's easy to pass up, but I think there are some really cool things that these, these passages kind of talk about. Now, these are the only, when we talk about Jesus' early life, these are the only two passages uh, that really give us any context outside of the birth narrative, Jesus in the temple, and when Jesus starts his ministry. But you want to know what's interesting? That these two passages symbolize 30 years of Jesus' life. 30 years of Jesus' life summed up in these two passages. And so it's interesting when we read this that this is how those 30 years play out. And so we're going to talk about it. And so the first thing we want to, want to be just extra clear about is since there is not a lot to go on in these passages, we want to make sure that we're not reading in to all of them. I think there's some things that we can pull out of them but if we want to look at, well, what specifically did Jesus do when he was 27 years old? I don't know. And so we're going to have to find that tension of there's really cool things that we can draw from this passage, but we've got to be careful of not reading into all the different things. So that's the tension we're going to kind of, kind of draw today. And then the other part that we need to think through is this is obviously talking about Jesus. And so when we talk about Jesus, right, he's the God-man, which means he is fully god fully human. John 1 talks about Jesus coming and his eternalness. He was in the beginning. Philippians 2 talks about how God, Jesus put on human flesh. He became incarnate. And so he's still fully God and fully man. But when we read this, it's interesting to think about the humanity of Jesus. Because if you're anything like me, I read this and move on. The other thing to note, too, Luke isn't necessarily giving us a, like, huge description of this phase. It's almost like uh, when you watch TV and it says, 10 years later, 6 years later, you know, 4 hours later. That's what Luke is doing. He's basically progressing the story. But I think there's even some nuggets in there that are actually really interesting and really cool when we think about this. And we're going to spend a little bit more time on the second one, so Luke 2, 52. So when Jesus increased in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and with people, first thing we want to look at it that's interesting with this is it says, and Jesus increased in wisdom and in stature and favor with God and people. So increase means he accumulated, he grew. Somehow, in God, through Jesus, in his humanity, he grew. Like I want us to think about that. Jesus, the Son of God, grew. If you were to structure your world, right, if you were God, you were playing the role of God, you're going to structure your role, why would you send your Son to come go to the cross, but for Jesus to wait 30 years? Isn't that interesting? Like, God could have said, all right, Jesus, you're going to go, you're going to come the perfect adult, you're going to come into adulthood, 
and you're going to spend those three years of ministry, and then you're going to go to the cross. But he doesn't. He came in the form of a baby, and in these two passages, 30 years of Jesus' life passes by. You know, in a world of instant gratification, in a world of, man, I just want to be really good at everything, but I really don't want to put in the time and effort to do it. We talk about spirituality where it's like, man, I'm looking at somebody else who's way more spiritual than me, and I want that. I want to be closer to God. I want to have their experiences. But I want it when? Now. So it's interesting when it says Jesus increased in wisdom and in stature that there was a progression, that God cared for progression. Again, we don't know all the details of what exactly that looked like or how exactly any of that played out. All we can read is from what Luke was saying in Luke 2. But to some degree, Jesus grew. In his humanity, he grew. He increased. Every pastor, every preacher, uh, we're always wanting, when we preach, to have home runs. It's just the reality. Nobody ever gets up on stage and says, ah, I'm just hoping for a base hit this morning. Right? Everybody wants the one sermon where in 20 years they look back and they're like, dude, do you remember that Sam guy? He preached that one sermon. Oh, my gosh, that changed my life. Right? Everybody wants that. The reality is, how do you score in baseball? Do you score more often by home runs? Not all the time. Most of the time, it's base hits. And so even in our own spiritual gratification, even in my own walking and wrestling with this, it's like, man, God has a purpose. God has something in store for us as we gradually walk through life. God has something in store for us as we gradually walk through life. Again, God could have sent Jesus fully adult and immediately went straight to the cross and accomplished his perfect, his, pers- uh, his mission. But isn't it interesting that Jesus waited 30 years and that time is marked by growing? There's things in the future that I want and I wish I could have now. But God may be saying, wait. And that is incredibly difficult. Incredibly difficult. So even in our life, this is Colossians 1, as we, as we tie it more directly to our life. Uh, this is Paul talking to the church, and he says this in verse 9. For this reason, we also, from the day we heard about you, have not ceased praying for you and asking God to fill you with the knowledge of his will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding, so that you may live worthily of the Lord, pleasing him in all respects, bearing fruit in every good deed, growing in the knowledge of God, being strengthened with all power according to his glorious uh, might for the display of all patience, joyfully giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the saints' inheritance in the light. And Paul's praying for the church to grow in these things, to be strengthened up, to live. And it would be really nice if we could pray to the Lord and say, God, just change me overnight. That'd be really great. But that's not how God works. See, even Jesus waited. Even Jesus waited. And so for us, where's our heart at? Are we waiting and patient and content for the things of God? Are we continually trying to grow in him, or are we expecting God to perform a miracle and us be completely changed? Are we willing to walk and increase in the knowledge of God? See, Mondays matter because every day matters to God. Mondays provide the best opportunity for us to engage the world. Talk about a growing experience. 
And we can wake up on Monday and say, God, can you use today? Can you redeem today? God, how can I grow and increase today, even on a Monday? We should have that approach every single day, right? But Mondays are just notoriously the really hard ones. So God, as I'm waking up for tomorrow, as my Sunday morning impacts my Monday world, God, how can I continue to grow? How can I continue to increase? How, like Jesus, can I wait and be content And then the second part, when we go back to Luke 2, we have Jesus increased, but he also shows us different ways that Jesus increased. Again, we want to be careful with this, but I think that it's interesting as we read Luke 2 and the ways that Scripture says that Jesus increased. He increased in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and people. So there's three things that we read from Luke 2, 52. Wisdom, stature, and favor with God and people. So let's talk about wisdom. There was an element of Jesus was increasing in wisdom, which again, if you look at human development, Jesus grew in his understanding. For us, we even see this in Proverbs 1. Fearing the Lord is the beginning of discernment, but fools have despised wisdom and moral instruction. This time that we, we wait, this time that we're in the intermediary state like Jesus was, are we growing in our wisdom? Are we waking up every day saying, Lord, help me to discern your will. Lord, help me to grow in wisdom of you. There's a lot of wisdom out in the world. Man, but is, is it God honoring? Are we growing? So are we growing in wisdom? Are we increasing in the fear of the Lord? Second one, stature. Stature. There's an element of Jesus' life that he physically just grew. He got older. Somehow, in God's economy, he went from being born all the way to age 30. Again, we don't know all the specifics of how that happened, but we know that it did. We see Jesus at his baptism saying he was 30 years old, around 30, when he started his ministry. How often do we, as humanity, want to skip the stage of life we're in? Sam, you don't understand this, though. I've been single for a really long time. I really want to be married. Sam, you don't understand this, though. I've been at my job for 15 years, and I've not gotten a promotion. Sam, you got to understand, I'm really tired of high school. I'm really tired of filling the blank. Man, for 30 years, what do we know about Jesus' life? Man, he continued to grow. Are we in that same mind frame? Are we in that same mindset where we're saying, hey, God, I don't know what you have going on today, but I will continue to trust that where you have me is where I need to be. And I will faithfully walk through that, whatever season of life that is. How many times are we in the future looking for something to come? And we miss what God may be doing Now, God has us in a season for a reason. And then the third one, favor with God and with people. So there is a divine appointed favor that God has shown Jesus, and even with people. People liked Jesus. And so for us, right, when we talk about, man, how do we make our Monday morning How do we care about it? There's an element of, man, are we glorifying God 
And do we love and care for other people? Do we glorify God and love other people? Right? We see this in Matthew 22. Love the Lord God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. And the second is just like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. We get better at loving our neighbor. How? By loving God. We get better at loving our neighbor by how? Loving God. And so when we see in Luke 2.52, one of the things we realize is Jesus' time, that 30 years before he officially started ministry, was not idle. It wasn't just him bopping around doing nothing. We don't know exactly what he did, but that time frame could be summed up in growing in wisdom and in stature and love and favor with God, with people. Church, there is no better time to do that and to show love to people than on a Monday morning. I think it's one of the most difficult things to be so in love with the church and with God's people on Sunday morning and be able to transition that into Monday. It's incredibly difficult. But man, what a great opportunity for us that we have as the church to care and to love people on a Monday when everybody's grouchy, when everybody's really like scabby and prickly. Nobody wants to be there. What would it look like for our lives to show up on a Monday and say, man, today may be difficult, but God, you have a purpose for today. Mondays matter. Mondays matter. What would it look like in our life for Mondays to actually matter? Over the past couple months, uh, just as I've even been thinking about this and also just trying to work through energy capacity in my life, uh, I'm finally at the point where I can admit uh, I can't do everything. And it's not even like I'm not even trying. It's the sense of there is literally not enough time in the day and I will run myself so dry trying to do things. And so finally having that like 30-year-old crisis where I am not as young as I used to be and I actually require sleep. And so over the past couple months, as I've been contemplating this and working through this, uh, me and my wife have been talking, and we came up with a new kind of schedule for me to kind of maximize the times that I just feel naturally better. Some of us have kids. Some of us are married. We realize that not all hours of the day are created equal. For me, at 8 p.m., I'm like dead. I might as well go to bed because I have the brain capacity of a frog, right? Now, get me super early in the morning? Great. I can solve all the world's problems. I'm a morning person by nature, which is great until you realize that the first two hours of the day are the best they'll ever be, and it's all downhill from there, right? If you're a morning person, you know. If you're an evening person, you're like, oh, I wake up, and I just feel terrible. You're like, but the evening is coming. Midnight is coming, and then I'll finally do stuff, right? It's crazy how God wires our body. But one of the things I've noticed when I'm talking through energy management with me and my wife is I do my best work super early in the morning. So I've rearranged my schedule. I now go to the gym at 5 a.m. so I can be in the office by 6.30 a.m. and I start working. So for two and a half, almost three hours, I get time to be with the Lord, to look ahead, and to center myself before all the craziness of the office comes in. And so for me, one of the things that has been so beneficial, especially when we're talking about Mondays, is I am not the same person on a Monday as I used to be. I've had time to wake up, 
I've had time to engage in God's word. And so there's elements of these things that I'm better for other people. Why? Because I've taken proactive steps on Monday. So Mondays matter even for me because if I can get up early, I am way better at loving God and way better at loving people. And man, what a great opportunity even for us as the church to be able to have opportunities to love and better love people. So for us, even sitting here today, what is one thing? Oftentimes we want to say, man, if I could change these 10 things in my life, great. What is just one thing? We see in Luke 2 that Jesus, during that intermediary period, did three things. He grew in wisdom, he grew in stature, which we don't really have control over our physical growth, unfortunately, right? And he also grew in favor with God and people. Is there one way, even this week, even tomorrow on Monday, that we can grow in our relationship with God, relationship with others, and in wisdom for the Lord? Man, imagine, church, walking into your office and being happy on a Monday. I would imagine it'd be super crazy. Imagine students walking into your classes on Monday being excited to be there. Imagine what God's people and God's church could be to a dying and frustrated world on a Monday when everybody is struggling, everybody is not having it, and you're excited for what God is going to do that day. See, Jesus' 30 years weren't without purpose or intention. Again, we don't know everything that went on, but we do know his life is summed up by those things. So how can our life in the normal, boring, mundane, and even frustrating times like Mondays are, how can we as God's people grow? How can we be a light to a dying world? So we start off with this question, what if our Mondays were as celebrated as our Fridays? The reality, this does not happen by ourselves. This is not something that I'm going to wake up Monday morning and will it into existence and say, yes, I'm excited today. But I believe God's spirit moves within the lives of of his people and gives us sustainable care for others. So church, just this morning, what is one way, man, I can approach Monday morning and be excited to be there because of what God is doing in our life? One of the most Passover passages in Scripture, Luke 2. Again, it's a transitory, intermediary time. But how can God use even our transitional, boring, mundane times for God's glory? In a world where we want everything microwaved instead of ovened, in a world where we want everything instantly rather than the process to get there, God is saying every day matters. Because it's an opportunity for us to grow in God's glory and in love with other people. Man, Mondays matter because every day matters to God. So as the band comes up, I just want us to think about this. What is one specific thing I can even do tomorrow morning, Monday, when I go back into the work week, when I go back into schools, when I go back into my job, when I go back to my family? What is one thing that I can do this week as I... I'm in the intermediary period of, honestly, just boring life sometimes. See, Monday's going to come. Every week, Monday's coming. And every week, 
We get the same pit in our stomach every week. We have the same frustrating feelings towards our Monday life. But what if we approach Monday and God's word and God's people? What would the Lord do in our life? What would the Lord do in our world? So what is one thing? Mondays matter because every day matters to God. What is one thing this Monday that the Lord can use you to encourage and to love other people? Let's pray. God, we thank you, Lord, for your word. We thank you for the life of Jesus and even the two small passages that signify over 30 years of his life. God, when we look back at our life, when we look back at all the ways you've moved, Lord, even in the normal, mundane, boring, and even frustrating times, God, may you use our life. God, may we be characterized by unending faithfulness and growth towards you. So God, reveal through your spirit one way, even this week, God, that we can grow on Monday. God, Mondays matter and help us to see it like you do. Pray all this in your son's name, amen.